Awesome job. Thank you, everybody. Great job. Michelle, happy birthday. Say happy birthday to Michelle. Michelle, how old are you? Oh, just kidding. No, 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 no. <laughs> Never ask that to a woman, everybody. I should know better. I'm kidding. Look at the, their boys right here going, no, no, don't say that. Never say that. You don't ever say that. Uh, she, 29, right? That's how old she is. 29, that's how, that's how old Michelle is. So if you see her, tell her happy 29th birthday if you see her. Uh, good to see you. Merry Christmas. Everybody good? Yeah, good. You guys haven't, you guys, everybody got your shopping done and, and no, what do you mean? No, I mean, come on. All you have to do is go on Amazon and order some things and they bring it to your house. Isn't that like a beautiful thing? Anybody get stuck in their, you know, in their house like for a couple of days? Anybody, anybody get stuck? I got stuck yesterday. That was a lot of fun. And uh, that makes for a happy, happy home life. That's for sure. And, uh, but, uh, you know, it's how it is. It's part of living in Michigan and, and this time of year. But uh, so today we're going to talk about joy. And boy, you, you guys have, you guys want to talk about joy today? Yeah. yeah? Let's, put, let's talk about joy today. But uh, let, I want to just kind of recap what uh, this series has been all about. We, we want to be people that are packaged in a way that we can give the greatest gift in the world. The greatest gift in the world was given to us. His name is Jesus. And Jesus encompasses things that we've talked about already for the last couple of weeks. Hope. Jesus is the culmination of, of hope. Uh, Zach and Liz were old and they were, didn't have a, were without child. She was barren. And uh, yet they were still blameless in front of other people. They were still righteous in the sight of God. And that's the way that they lived their life. That's the way they chose to live their life. They would live blameless and righteous in the sight of God and others. And that was the best way that they could package their life around the hope that they had in, in that Jesus was coming, that there was a, a Savior coming to save people from their sins. And that's the kind of hope that we need to have. And the way that we package that is that we live right in front of the eyes of in the eyes of God and we live blameless to others that when people look into your life or investigate your life that they can't find any fault in you even though see things seem hopeless but they still there's still hope in in Christ and so that was first week second last week we talked about peace uh, peace and and Mary's circumstances were were not great even though she was the, the angel told Mary that she was favored by God, but her circumstances didn't look good. She was a teenager, um, so probably as a teenager, they, they thought that she was lying. Uh, they thought that, you know, she was, you know, making up the story of uh, that she was, why she was pregnant. Many probably didn't believe her. There's a possibility uh, that, that her parents may have disowned her or kicked her, kicked her out of the house or, you know, there, there was a, we, all, we already know that Joseph was, was willing in, to walk away from her. Um, there was all these circumstances that surrounded Mary's life that were so uncertain and difficult and challenging, yet she responded in a way that we all should respond during our times of uncertainty, during our difficult circumstances, and that is 
Whatever you choose to do, Lord, I am your bond slave. Whatever you choose to do, I am your bond slave, and I'm going to serve you according to your word. And, and she was dedicated. She surrendered her life to the Lord and whatever the Lord wanted her to do. Because she, she knew, she knew this, and I hope you know this as well, that the best place to be, as hard as it is, the best place to be is in the will of God. As hard as it may be some days, as difficult as it may be sometimes, the best place to be is in the will of God. And if that's where God wanted her to do with her life, and and even though the circumstances around her life didn't look good for her, she knew that the best place for her was in his will. And so that's where you find peace. You find peace in there. And he's the gift of that. And when we surrender our will and we walk blamelessly and we live righteous in the sight of God, we look better as we package, as we present the greatest gift in the world, and that is the gift of Jesus. So today I want to talk about joy, how to have joy. And so we're going to pick it up in our story in Luke chapter number one. It says now in verse 39, it says now... At this time, Mary arose and went into a hurry to the hill country to be in the city of Judah, to a city of Judah, and entered the house of Zacharias and greeted Elizabeth. And when Elizabeth heard Mary's greeting, the baby leaped in her womb. Who's that baby? That's, that's John, John the Baptist or John the Baptizer, he would be later known as. And Elizabeth was filled with the Holy Spirit. And she cried out with a loud voice and said, blessed are you among women and blessed is the fruit of your womb. And so um, she's just excited to see Mary. Um, She's just uh, has gotten a word from the Lord that Mary is having, you know, God's son. And she's just realizing this and she's just excited about this. She's had joy in her life as a result of that. Verse 43 and how, and how has it happened to me that the mother of my Lord would come to me? And then it says, For behold, when the sound of your greeting reached my ears, the baby leaped in my womb for joy. I mean, it was just this joyous thing that happened. And so when Mary walked into the house, the, the baby, John, inside her womb leaped for joy. Elizabeth was excited and joyous to see her and, and the news that the mother of her Lord would come and visit her. I mean, this was just this joyous occasion. But remember, the circumstances around that were still tense. The circumstances around the whole, the whole birth of Jesus were still bleak. The circumstances were still tough. I mean, the tensions were high. I mean, you, you got to remember all of the things that are going on. Maybe, maybe Mary left home because she was, wasn't allowed to be in her home because nobody believed her story. And so maybe that's why she went to Elizabeth's house. We don't really know the full circumstances surrounding that whole ordeal, but there's a possibility of that. Yet in all of that, there you still see this whole idea of being of having joy, even when things are tough, that you can still have joy. Because what the teenagers always remind me of is that when I ask them about define for me what is the difference between happiness and joy, and they would always say to me, Pastor, it's what you tell us. Happiness is circumstantial, joy is not. 
Happiness is circumstantial. I can, you can lose your happiness at, by, based on what somebody may say to you. You can lose your happiness by some sort of you know, situation that you didn't wish that happened to you, you know, that day or the, that morning. Happiness can go away. Happiness is futile, but joy is not. Joy is internal and it's circumstantial. And by the way, joy is something that God gives to us. It's God's that God gives to us. And so surrounding the whole birth of Jesus and all of the stories surrounding that, though they seemed hard and, and uneasy, intentions were high, they still had joy. They still had joy in, the, in who Jesus was. And that's really where joy is found. The fullness of joy is found in the presence of God. I hope you know that, that, that joy, the fullness of joy, you can have, you know, happiness and, and, the, and that is, you know, maybe short term or, you know, that is, like I said, circumstantial, but to have the fullness of joy, the fullness of joy is found in the presence of God. And that's what Christmas is all about. When, when the angel came to Joseph and, and said, Joseph, you, you know, Mary's having a son and he's going to be called Jesus because he's going to save people from their sins. That's what his name means. And his name will be called Emmanuel, mean, which means God with us. Isn't that absolutely incredible that, that the holy God left his place in heaven to come down to this earth in the form of flesh and blood and he became a servant to us and he became obedient to his father even to the point of death, even death on a cross. Isn't that absolutely amazing that God Almighty came down to us. You and I don't have to try to figure out how to get to God in order for us to have a good standing with him. No, 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 no. The Christian message is this and unique in this way that God left heaven to come to earth to be with us. He came and dwelt, according to John, he came and dwelt among us. He pitched his tent with us, or what that means. In other words, he came to live in our neighborhood. Isn't that incredible? That's, he's with us, and the fullness of joy is found in him. That's why John, in the womb of his mother Liz, leaped for joy. That's why Elizabeth, when she saw Mary coming to her house, said, Wow, this is absolutely incredible. Blessed am I that the mother of my Lord is coming to my house. There was joy in that. At what? At what? The fullness of joy is found at the presence of God. That's where it's found. David said it this way. King David said it this way in Psalm 16, 11. He says, you make known to me the path of life. In your presence is the fullness of joy. In your right hand, there, is, there are pleasures forever. 
You know, it's interesting around Christmas time, we get together with family that we haven't seen in a year. Anybody get together with family that you probably don't, you see them like every year, you know, like, and it's around this time of year, and you kind of talk about, you know, some of your highlights of the year, some things that's been going on, because you haven't talked to them in a year, you know? You, have, you only see them around this time of year. And so you sort of share some of the things. I mean, if somebody, you know, and, and we, we love to share like our highlights, you know, we love to share like the things, the good, uh, the awesome things that has happened to you in, 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 in the time, you know, in the year that's gone by. And I'm telling you, if anybody could have an amazing stories to tell around a Christmas dinner or a Christmas meal, it would be David, don't you think? I mean, as amazing as your stories are that you tell about what cool things have happened to you in your life, or maybe you like relive the glory days, you know, guys, you're like, man, when I was younger and I used to play football and I was the starting quarterback, you know, and I set all these records in my school, like your stories are lame compared to David's. Like, I don't even want to hear, like David would be like, I don't even want to hear your story. I killed a lion. Like, don't tell me about your, your glory days playing hoops, man. I killed a bear with my bare hand. Oh, I don't know if you heard the story about the giant that challenged me, you know. He was in the valley. His name was Goliath, and he was their champion. And he defeated, like, all of the best players, like, that anybody could ever have come up against him. And, he, and I just went down, and I just picked up a few smooth stones with my slingshot. And I put one in my slingshot, and I fired that thing, and it hit him between the eyes. And he fell to the ground, and everybody was cheering on, on Israel's side, was cheering for me. Everybody on the Philistine side was going where their mouths were down to the ground and I just grabbed his sword and I cut his head off as I was standing over him and I held his head up like this in front of my people and everybody understood what happened that day it was pretty absolutely incredible now what story do you have to say what, what story do you got at that point you're like never mind I mean, David, I'm telling you, David had the stories, but David's going, listen, I want you to understand, throw that verse up for me, Gabe, real quick. He says, I want you to understand, though I, I have a lot of things, I mean, I'm king, people are saying how great I am and how amazing I am, I can have anything that I want in life, King David is saying, but he's telling us in this psalm, regardless of everything that he could have for himself, he says, God, you make known to me the path of life. And in your presence is the fullness of joy. It's not in the stories I could tell. It's not found in the relationships that I could have. It's not found in the, you know, whatever I want can come my way. It is found, fullness of joy is found not in the things of this world that the world can offer or what my flesh desires, but the fullness of joy is found in the presence of you, God. And it's what's not in my right hand, David could say, our pleasures forever. No, 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 no. It's what's in the right hand of God where pleasures are found forever. Are you with me, church? That's where fullness of joy is found. Fullness of joy is found in the presence of God. That's where 
it's found. And when we find, try to find it other places, when we try to find joy in the accumulation of more money or the advances in our career or our popularity or how many you know, friends follow us or wherever we try to find joy, when we try to find it in, in relationships, when we try to find it in, you know, in some sort of, you know, boyfriend or girlfriend status or within our spouse or in our kids, he says it will always leave us empty because the fullness of joy is found in the presence of God. It's not found in your relationships. It's not found in your career. It's not found in your bank account. It's not found with the accumulation of stuff. The fullness of joy is found in the presence of God. You know what it's like when we try to find it other places? It's like, you remember when you had little kids and like their first Christmas and you would give them a present and then they would try to like, you know, stumble their way through opening up the present, but they would really only care about the packaging and the box. You remember this? And you're like trying to draw the attention to the gift, but they don't want anything to do with the gift. They want the paper and they want the box and they want the bow. That's what we're like some days. The gift is found in the presence of God, but what you know what we choose to play with? The box. Ooh, more money. Ooh, ooh. Oh, nicer stuff. Oh, this is great. Oh, this is this is cool. This is oh, a relationship. Maybe a relationship will will give me that joy. No, 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 no. Th- those are all good things and great things, but the primary purpose and the primary place where the fullness of joy comes from is in the presence of God. It's in the, it's the gift is Jesus to us. And he's the primary source of our joy. Nothing else. And when we try to find it other places, it's just like we're playing with the wrapping paper. We're playing with the bow. We're playing with the box. And the real gift is what's in here. The real gift is what matters. That's where it gives us the presence of joy. There's a couple things I want us to come around. Now, the story goes on in verse 46. And Mary said, my soul exalts the Lord. So now Mary's has joy, right? Even though, remember, you have to remember the tension surrounding Mary. You have to remember the, the uneasiness going on around in her life. You have to remember that there's a potential that lots of people have seen her or viewed her as a liar. You have to think that she has been held in contempt in her own city. You have to know that her her fiancé, Joseph, is is contemplating leaving her. You have to remember that there's a possibility that she's at Liz's house because she was kicked out of her own. You have to remember these, the context surrounding this story and surrounding the overall birth of Jesus. It was chaotic at best. And Mary said, my soul exalts the Lord. 
My soul exalts the Lord and my spirit has rejoiced in God, my Savior. This is Mary's response to that. Verse 47, 48. For he has regard for the humble state of his bond slave. Remember, that's what she declared herself. God, whatever your will is, that's the best place for me to be. God, wherever you, wherever you want me to be, whatever you want me to do, whatever you say according to your word, that's what I'm going to do because that's the best place for me to be. He says she has regard for the humble state of his bond slave. For behold, from this time on, all generations will count me blessed. I mean, she is now praising God. Do you know that... that what we see here and the potential of what we see here is that she's telling herself to have joy in spite of what's going on in her life. That she's declaring, she's choosing, she's choosing. Now, my soul's resolve is to choose joy. That's what she's doing. And this is what you need to do and I need to do at, on, on some days. That you need to and I need to on days where things seem chaotic, where things seem uneasy, where, where, where tensions are high, that you and I need to choose joy. You need to choose joy. You can choose a lot of other things, can't you? You can choose anger, you can choose to stress, you can choose to worry, you can choose to have anxiety, you can you know, choose to lash out and to rage on people, you can choose to, you know, choose to do something that you know is, is contrary to God's will and God's word. You can choose to do a lot of things, but here's what Mary chose to do. Mary chose to exalt God. Mary chose to magnify the Lord. She says, my soul is going to magnify the Lord. In other words, I'm going to make much of him. I'm going to make him big in my life. I'm choosing joy. Now, you say, where, does that, where do you get that from? Look at it says in Psalm 42. Psalm 42 and verse 5. Here's the psalmist. Here's what he says. Why are you in despair, O my soul? Say, what are you, who is he talking to? He's talking to himself. He's talking to himself. He says, and why have you become disturbed within me? Hope in God, for I shall again praise him for the help of his what? His presence. Where is the fullness of joy found? The fullness of joy is found in his presence. Here's the psalmist doing what I think, what you and I should do. And that is to choose joy and to say that to ourselves, to tell ourselves. Now, this is what I call preach talk, okay? Preach talk. You know what the best sermon you can ever hear is the sermon that you give to yourself. Does anybody do this? You should. You should be talking to yourself all the time. Now, not in a weird way where people think you're kind of crazy. Like this is like in your head stuff, you know? Like be, before you get up in the morning, or when you're ready to start your day, be like, all right, I'm gonna, I'm gonna live for God. I'm gonna do what God wants me to do. I'm gonna make sure. It's, you know, you, you do that? You should. The best sermon you could hear is the sermon to yourself. Why? Because you know you better than, than anyone knows you. 
You know what you're dealing with. You know what's going on at the depths of your heart and soul better than anybody knows you. And this is what the psalmist is saying. The psalmist is talking to himself and the psalmist is choosing joy. He's saying, listen, even though around me is despair, even though around me is chaos, Instead of choosing anger, I'm going to choose joy. Instead of choosing worry, I'm going to choose joy. And you and I need to talk to ourselves. Did you know that the Navy SEALs, there's, there's, this was interesting to me. I read an article about Navy SEALs. Navy SEALs, they all physically are the same. They're physically the same. They say that there's three attributes that separate everyone from who wants, to be, who wants to be a Navy SEAL, from their physical traits, even though they're all physically the same, here's what separates them. Here's what allows them to continue through and actually become a Navy SEAL. There's three things that they do that allows somebody to become a Navy SEAL. Number one, they narrow the focus. They take a big task and they break it down into small goals. That's one of the things that separates somebody to be in a Navy SEAL. The second thing is they, it says that they visualize success. They see themselves succeeding. They, tell, they, 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 they see that they, that, you know, that they can accomplish anything. And so they visualize success. And the third thing, according to this article, this Time Magazine article, the third thing that they do, and they said it's the most, the, the, the most prominent one, it, it, it's, it's, part of, it, it's what's described as cognitive behavioral therapy. Okay, they also use this cognitive behavioral therapy for those who are, are stressed a lot, those who have depression. Here's what they call it. They call it self-talk. Self-talk. They, those who clinically depressed, have high anxiety, and those who, how Navy SEALs are separated from the best of the best, they do, they do these three things. And the primary thing that they do that is beyond what anybody else is able to do is that they self-talk to each other. Talk to themselves, I should say. They say, I can do it. I can beat this. I can achieve this. I can accomplish this. I can do anything. They self-talk to each other. Now, here, this is what the psalmist is telling us to do. He's saying, oh, I am in despair. No, I'm going to hope in God. And I'm going to praise him. I'm going to praise him for, for who he is. He says, why are you in despair, my soul? Why have you become disturbed within me? Hope in God, for yet I will praise him, the help of my countenance and my God. He is self-talking. You want to have joy in your life. Listen, you got to tell yourself to have joy. You say, really? Yes. Tell yourself your soul feels in despair some days. Your soul feels like, I don't know if I can get through it. I don't know if I can do it. And it's quite possible that this is what Mary did. That Mary thought, how am I going to go back home three months pregnant and have to deal with all the snickering and all the people talking behind my back 
and the potential of my fiance walking out on me and my parents not letting me back into my home. And Mary says, my soul magnifies the Lord and I will praise him because he is my hope and he is the help of my countenance. He's the one that's gonna bring me out of the pit. And I'm choosing, and I hope you do too, I'm choosing joy over anything else that you could choose. I hope you do. It is the soul's resolve to choose joy, and I hope you do. Here's another thing that I think is important for us to remember. Sin has the potential to replace your joy. Sin replaces your joy. That's an important thing to remember as well. You can choose joy all you want, but if you choose sin, it's going to replace your joy. It will replace it. Here's 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 what she says, continues to say in her song. Look at it says in verse 51, Gabe, if you can throw up verse 51 for me. He has done mighty deeds with his arm, and he has scattered those who were proud in the thoughts of their hearts. So he's talking, he's describing two different people and what he'll do with two different people. He says, those who choose joy, he's, he says, those who choose joy, you're gonna see the mighty deeds with his arm. Remember, in his right hand, remember the Psalm David said in Psalm 16, in his right hand are pleasures forever. She says it this way, in his, he has done mighty deeds with his arm. He has scattered those who were proud in the thoughts of their heart. So he says, those who choose joy, you're gonna see the pleasures that he offers forever. Those who choose pride, he's gonna scatter those. Then, he says, then she says in verse 52, he has brought down the rulers from their thrones and he has exalted those who are humble. He says, I'm, he's, he's gonna bring down those who don't choose joy and choose sin. He's gonna bring down those rulers, but those who choose joy, he's gonna exalt those. Verse 53, he has filled the hungry with good things. You choose joy. You choose, understand that in his presence is the fullness of God, that he is gonna fill you. He's gonna fill your life with good things. He's gonna fill the the hungry and those who desire to have to be filled. He's gonna fill you with good things. But to those who don't choose that route and send away the rich empty-handed, These are the contrasts. This is the choice that you and I have. You can either choose sin or you can choose joy. And anytime you choose to sin, it replaces your joy. Anytime you choose anger, it replaces your joy. Anytime you choose to worry, it's gonna replace your joy. Anytime you choose lust, it's gonna replace your joy. It looks like this. Let me, let me just kind of demonstrate this to you. Dean, come here, man. This is my man, Dean. Can I, what's up, buddy? Good to see you, man. 
Good to see you. That was a terrible high five. Let's try that again. There we go. All right, there we go. We missed. We missed. Dean, come here, man. Come here. Say hi, Dean. Hi, Dean. This is Dean's visiting us today. He, he, Dean, oh, man, I just love, just love this guy. He, we, he, I feel like I've watched him grow up. I have. I've watched you grow up, man. It's crazy. It's craziness. So Dean's visiting us today. Dean, um, here's, here's what it looks like. Dean wants joy. Right, Dean? Don't you want joy, Dean? Sure. Yeah, of course. Say, yeah, Pastor. Yes. Yeah, okay, that's good enough. That's good enough. He wants joy, right? I mean, that's what he wants. And so he, he can have joy. And, and, and he, Dean knows better than anybody that, that joy is found in the presence of the Lord, right? You know that, Dean. Like doing what God wants you to do, living the way that God wants you to live. That's what Dean understands. And he's saying, I want to I wanna have the joy that in my life. And remember, Dean knows this too. Joy is, is whatever is going on even around him, he can still have joy in his heart. You know, Dean knows that. Do you know that? That whatever circumstances are surrounding Dean, whatever Dean happening to Dean. So like Dean could be like, you know, maybe he got a bad grade on a test, which that doesn't happen to Dean. You're probably like all A's, aren't you? Of course he is. He's, he's just being humble. He's being humble because he knows what happens when you're humble. God exalts you. And so he knew that. And so Dean's like, maybe he got a bad grade, but it doesn't matter. Dean's still gonna still have joy. Dean might, you know, Dean's a good looking guy and, you know, he's probably not dating girls yet and you shouldn't, you don't date girls yet, but girls are pursuing Dean because he's good looking in that way and, and mom's going, don't even think about it, keep him away. I'm done embarrassing, I won't embarrass you anymore. Dean's still going to have joy. I'm going to embarrass him, and Dean's still going to have joy. Right, Dean? Dean, That's what happened. But when Dean, Dean can't, Dean can't have joy and sin. You can't. So what happens is when Dean chooses, so I'm going to play God in this story, which is never usually a good idea, but I'm going to do it. When Dean chooses not to have joy, and he chooses some sort of sin, I take my joy back. Because joy is God's. It's God's. Just like peace, it's God's. Goodness is God's. Faithfulness is God's. Self-control is God's. These are fruits of the Spirit that God gives to those. But when we choose, or when Dean chooses sin, joy is gone. Dean can't have both. You and I can't have both. And when Dean is choosing sin, that is not the place where anyone wants to be. Because at the very tip of the iceberg of that, it's just, he doesn't have joy. And in this world, and in this culture, and in this society, I'm telling you, you don't want to be living in this and having this with all the circumstances surrounding us already. What you need and what Dean knows he needs is that he's going to choose to have joy in the midst of all the circumstances that are happening around him. He wants to have that. He's choosing that over this. And I hope you choose that over this. 
this, you can't have both. You can't. You can't say, I want the joy, I want the fullness of joy, the fullness of what God has to give me, and still dabble in this, and still pursue this. You can't. Which one do you want? Good choice. Give Dean a round of applause. Good job, buddy. I made these, by the way. I'm selling this one for 10 and giving this one away. <laughs> I'm proud of this, but you can't hang this up in your house. <laughs> you can hang this one up in your house, maybe. I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> You're like, you put too much time into these things. I know. I know. I do. I do. I hope you choose joy. And the psalmist said, hey, I'm just going to self-talk here. And I'm just going to decide, instead of choosing some sort of sin, I'm going to choose to praise him. I'm going to choose to lift him up. I'm going to choose to make much of him. And what Mary said is true for you and for me. He has done great things for us. Oh, I don't get all of the stuff that's happening, but he's done great things for me. And he's done them for you. He's given you a hope in a hopeless world. He's given you peace in a world of chaos and uncertainty and tension. And he wants to give you joy. But you can't choose sin because you can't have both. You can't. So for us, it's to say to our souls, hey soul, isn't this sound funny? Hey soul, I'm gonna magnify the Lord because he's done great things for us. And he has. Came to die for your sins and mine. Death couldn't hold him. He rose from the grave and paved the way for all of us who put their faith in him to have eternal life. And the way we package that today is to do what Elizabeth said Mary did. Look what it says in verse 45. And blessed is she who believed that there would be a fulfillment of what had been spoken to her by the Lord. You know what she did? She believed God. 
God told her and she believed him. And the question that I have for you and the question that I have to ask myself every single day, do I believe God and his promises in spite of what I see? And when you do that and when I do that, the fullness of joy affirms that God is in charge of my life. It affirms it. The fullness of joy when we say, God, I believe you. God, I trust you. God, I have faith that what you're saying is gonna happen. Even though I don't see it right now, it's gonna happen. And the fullness of joy in my life, it only affirms to the people in my life, the people that see my life or in view of my life, it, it just affirms to them that God, you are in charge because I just simply believe you that you are gonna fulfill what you promised. And that, church, is the package of joy. Oh, the gift is what people need. But when we believe God and choose joy, it affirms that God is in charge of our lives. And I got news for you. That's what people need to see. God is in charge of your life. Choose joy, not sin. Let's pray. Father, we, um, God, we, at days we, so easy when, when we're in that, confrontation when we're in that circumstance it sort of blindsides us you don't see it come in it's just it's so easy to just choose something else other than joy it's oftentimes our natural bend and reaction to choose something else other than joy a sin other than joy God, help us to become more like you. Allow ourselves to grow and to believe that you have something better in store in mind for us. And that we begin to, when circumstances arise and the tensions are high, that we just choose to have joy over anything else because we can't have both. That we tell ourselves, tell our souls, to praise you for you have done great things for all of us. There's so many ways to praise you. There's so many things to say to you for what you've done for us. There's so many ways to look at our circumstances and our life around us and to praise you. I pray that that's our, our natural bend as we grow in our relationship with you. And when we have the fullness of joy, it just affirms that you are in charge, that you're bigger than our circumstances. You're bigger than the stuff that's surrounding us and the stuff that's coming after us.
and the challenges of life. You're bigger than all of those. And the joy that is found in you just affirms that you are in charge. We thank you for your love. Thank you for your goodness and your kindness to us. In Jesus' name, amen. So I didn't mention this, but I need to mention this quickly. If you have, so we want to continue to hashtag Market Street or MSC, excuse me, MSC, hashtag MSC, put a bow on it. Something in your life that brings you joy. Something that brings you joy. Put a bow on it. Put a bow on it. MSC, put a bow on it. Something that brings you joy. Take a picture, post it to social media. If you don't have a bow, lost your bow, there's other bows out there, okay? All right. Oh, those are some things that, cool. Awesome. So these, are, <laughs> so these are some of the things that people are doing. Continue to do that as a church. What that does is just gets the word out. Invite, invite, invite next weekend, Christmas Eve. Christmas Eve, it's going to be amazing. It's going to be exciting. So invite, invite, invite people to come with you Christmas Eve at 11 a.m. God bless you. Good to see you.